I'm going to read. Uh, we are going to share some testimonies and getting all that ready. Next Wednesday, when I, I want everybody and all of us online, I'll help you online if you can't be here again. We are doing an infilling service. As we're praying to get ready for Pentecost, we're positioning ourselves to be in the Spirit. In fact, this Sunday we're going to talk about what, it, it, what does that mean, to be in the Spirit, in contrast to be in the flesh. And some have stigmas, but it's much. Un, we're going to undo the stigma, and we're going to bring about the simple place of abiding, like John the Beloved found in the Isle of Patmos, and unlock the the unlimitedness of what God's Holy Spirit can do in us in any situation we find ourselves in. Uh, so Wednesday is going to be an infilling. We're going to take and put six stations inside the sanctuary so that we can go there to pray into and to begin to receive the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, the love of God poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, the kingdom of God, the commands of the Lord Jesus, and just step inside of that uh, oneness. I am convinced the more I've meditated this year, it's just opened up, is that while when Jesus was with his disciples appearing, when it says he through the Spirit gave commands, means that he was training his disciples to know how to know him through the Spirit. And we know in Second Chronicles, Corinthians 5, it says, though we knew Jesus according to the flesh, we don't know him that way any longer. We don't know anyone by the flesh. And how does, we, we've had those moments, we, we're in a group, we're in a prayer, we're listening to the word of God being taught, and all of a sudden we start to just become more aware that Jesus is involved in what's being said, or who's saying, than the one saying it. And we're starting to know what's happening through the Spirit. Uh, so, it's going to be, I, I believe the disciples were, were like getting expectant. After we finished our two hours in the noon to 12, noon to 2, where we went through again the entire building sanctuary, prayed over and prayed through everything, there was one, one of the many themes. One was getting expectant. God's doing something, and it's now, and, it's in, and to anticipate, though we cannot see it, and ready, and then... Uh, uh, I'm, if you want to know what I'm expecting, I want to expect something on the level of a, of a sound of a mighty rushing wind filling the place where we gather and the, with tongues of fire all over the place landing on the heads of everyone and unlocking a whole other season of, of life and, and faith and hope. And I'm practicing it in my prayer by positioning myself with Jesus and his disciples and observing what was happening in the apostles' gatherings that we have recorded in the Gospels and what was happening in chapter 1 of Acts and then, of course, what happens in chapter 2. So we're gonna, we've been praying into that. We're doing it every Wednesday and every Wednesday from noon to 2. You can come and join us, go through the sanctuary, pray for the building, help us. Because it said that when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all together. So they were all together in one place, in one accord. And then suddenly a sound from heaven came, like a mighty rushing wind that filled the place where they were sitting. So the place matters as much as the people matter. 
and and getting us into one place and one heart and one mind and one soul is part of that means I think that God does to position us to accept things we can't accept or even if we did accept individually in our in our prayer time we couldn't we couldn't we couldn't let it go beyond that prayer time there's so much that happens in a prayer prayer time that you carry with you and through the day but you can't carry it to others because they weren't there so God knew that when he wanted to start the church and it's power and the harvest he had to do it at one time in one moment in one day in one locale and he got 120 people like-minded like passionate, like like focused and so when that work that power came the demonstration was clear the scriptural basis was given and then jesus was preached and before the afternoon was finished 3,000 people had men had been baptized in water and joined the church so I, I, I think God's got a good way to do that. So I'm, I'm up, I'm letting the Lord know my need. I can't do that. I want that to happen, but I can't produce that. But nevertheless, I'm positioning my heart to receive that. And that's all our prayer from 6 in the morning, 6 p.m., all, all this rest of this month. The 28th, we're going to have the Pente we're gonna have a parking lot party. We're going to have a Pentecost uh, the 13th is going to be the ladies' uh, um, tea. So if all ladies, you're invited. You can go on, on the website and sign up for that. And the last Wednesday before we go to Pentecost, we're going to have a night of praise. Just another night of pressing in with everything to position our heart to believe and to receive and to experience and, and expect. So big month. So praise Jesus. Praise you. All right, but let's hear from the, those who are here in prayer, those who have testimony. If you want to come on up, we're going to do that, and then we'll break up in small groups the last 10, 15 minutes. But um, yes, Eddie, you were here first. It's nice to know some people can get here at 6 a.m. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Eddie. Thank you, Lord. You know, the Lord brought me, got me involved kicking and screaming at 6 a.m. But it's all good. You know, when I was coming this morning, I, uh, the Lord has got me to listen to uh, what happened two Wednesdays ago. That was when Mike was sharing and prophesying. And the thing that came to mind was this. He spoke words to you there, Maria. He spoke some words over you. He spoke to you, Peter Michael. Father, words of blessing. Spoke to Diana. Prophesied over Diana. And then Joe was prophesied over her. And as I was listening, I heard him try to remember Peter's name. Peter's good enough. And he spoke some words over you, Peter. I hope you heard it. Hallelujah. They were good words. And you, you get to see what the Lord is doing. You, you have an inkling, like Pastor Steve said, what is the Lord about to do? I don't know. I, don't, I know it's going to be good. Then on the last Wednesday, when Randy Nelson was here, 
he was echoing certain things about young people. The Lord using them in a mighty way. And he walked down there and went to Veronica. I started prophesying of her. Oh, I said, Lord, this is incredible. And so this morning, there was, it was just me and Kim. You know, Kim came early. You know, we, just, we were just praying over the kids. And this theme of the Lord about to do something here. I don't have to focus that idea. But when it comes, I will know it. You and I will know it. So please, whatever the Lord said over you, embrace it with all your heart. Listen to that message again. It will bless you. Amen. Amen. So pray that. Because what you just illustrated is the testimony of Jesus, spirit of prophecy. The prophecy yes. testifies to Jesus. He yes. wakens who we are, calls us to an edify, encourage, not to be forgotten. Yes, Lord. So let's stand together. We do that as an honor to the Lord because if he is yes. speaking, we're hearing him in day of prayer. And to testify, we want to receive that for yes, all Lord. of us. Lord, may we never hear anything you say lightly, take it lightly. May we embrace it with our heart. May your spirit bring it to our remembrance that you might walk in the fullness of it. For what you have promised, you are more than able to perform. We thank you, Lord. We give you glory. Do it, Lord. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Thank you. <laughs> Who else has a testimony to share from the other day of prayer? Dee, I know you've got one. You get rid Yeah, yeah. Well, you did that earlier when we had our prayer time. And go ahead, Diana. Diana will catch. She'll start, then you come. You get, give you a moment to recollect. <laughs> Kelly, can we go to Philippians 4, verse 19, please? Um, so we were here all together at the noon to two prayer and um, going through the whole building and praying and listening to the Lord. And I very specifically got the word supply. And he kept saying supply, supply, supply. And then he took me to this verse, my God shall supply all your need. There's no S on the end of that, according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And he didn't focus on need, he focused on supply. Mm -hmm. And so as I went, um, as we were going around the whole building praying, I actually went to all the supply rooms. I went to the children's supply room, I went to the cafe supply room, I went to the custodian's supply room. Um, and I went to the youth supply room, and, and in each room, I just kept thanking God for the supply because what I felt he was saying is that when I come, when I send the abundance, I am going to resource the supply that's needed. Mm -hmm. And so we started calling in the people 
who will be the supply of God's benefit. We called in, I called in all the resources financially and practically, and God started showing me women in our house here who are total resource queens. Like if you need anything within a day and a half, one of these two will find it for you. And he's like, and I'm gonna bring, be bringing more and more. And then I started, um, um, seeing all the raceways and the conduits of power supply in the house. Everywhere we have junction boxes and power supplies and then the um, conduits for um, communication, the lines that are going out online and the sound that's going out. And I just started to pray over that supply, that the sound and the power would be unbroken, mm -hmm. that there would be no interruption, that there mm -hmm. would be mm -hmm. no demonic um, breaking of lines of communication, breaking lines of power, but that all that we will need when the Lord begins to show up in power, he shall mm -hmm. supply. So if you'll stand with me right mm -hmm. now, I mm -hmm. wanna just release that word in agreement mm -hmm. together. Would you read this um, verse with me, verse 19 and then 20? And my God shall and supply all your need according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Now to our, our God Father and Father be glory forever and ever. And ever. Amen. Amen. So Lord, we receive your glory in this place, we receive your supply for every need as you cause abundance to happen in this place. Yes, the abundance of your presence, the abundance of your spirit, the abundance of salvation, the Come abundance on. of deliverance, yes. the abundance yes. of healing, abundance. the abundance, abundance of people coming, Lord, that you shall supply every need with workers, with stewards, with governors, Lord, with servants, with worshipers, Father God, and every practical supply and every power supply and every communication supply, we put under your blood that there will be no breaking, no blocking, no severing of the communication lines between Whoa. heaven and Jubilee and the members of Jubilee and all of you online. There will be no break in communication. There will be no break in power, but it will go out in wave upon wave upon wave in Jesus', Jesus name. name. Yes. Amen. 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 Thank you. All right. That part of the altar was Amen. pretty powerful. I don't know if that's what you're Amen. Yeah, that's in there. Sandwich. That's the sandwich. Sweet spot. Thank you, Pastor Steve, for reminding me, but yes. So when I was praying through the house today, I started out in the children's room and um, just really waited and asked God, what do you want to pray? So um, what I prayed was just for um, God just to continue to bless the hands that are serving. And then he showed me, they are, they're blessed. Allie and everyone that's committed to the work in the children's ministry, God's blessing them as they come and prepare every little detail for these babies from the nursery and the two and three year olds. I wasn't in the big room yet. Um, but God's covering that. But then when Mary Mary came in to pray, I could see something different. There was a stream I could see, and everything in the stream was the word of God. 
all the preparations, all the prayers, the word of God, and every little thing that came uh, was like when the babies are dedicated on the stage, you know, and um, in Catholic Church, they touch the head with the water or whatever. But um, God was saying that that's what's happening. As you prepare the lessons, as you prepare your time and you consecrate and give your time in volunteering and serving, that every single word that goes forth into these babies is sealed and dedicating them right now. It's not, yeah. They don't have to be on the stage. They're dedicating to the Lord. And he's watching over every word that goes over their little lives from infancy through, like it says in Timothy, and how you have known the Holy Scriptures from infancy, which are able to make you wise unto salvation. It is being sown in their lives. So praise God. That was yeah. awesome. First time I prayed in the children's, that was awesome. So then I wandered over here and I got to the stage. Sweet spot. <laughs> and um, God told me to kneel. And I said, really, God, kneel? <laughs> and I'm like, he said, yes, kneel. So, and he told me, I want you to do this on behalf of those that are coming. The thing that's been being poured out um, through Diana and many that have been praying about seeing these altars fill all the way from the wall to the wall across the room, but also the sound of worship coming out from the congregation. It's been prayed, it's been prayed and prayed and prayed. And God said, I want you to kneel and I want you to be in um, representing those that I'm calling to the altar because there's three steps I'm asking. I'm asking for to be knelt down and humble mm -hmm. in repentance, in surrender and submission. Mm -hmm. And then open your hands to receive. Mm -hmm. Grace, 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 receive my goodness and my grace. And then from there, raise your hands and offer praise mm -hmm. and glory and honor and thanksgiving to me. And then he had me do it five times. And he said, that's the manner of grace because five is a representation of grace. He says, because I'm giving grace. Grace for you to pour yourself in humility repentance, submission, surrender, grace for you to open up and have your hands and receive from the Holy Spirit what I'm pouring out in revelation and understanding in my personhood. And then raise your hands in honor and glory and praise unto me. So I'm going to pray that. But one more thing. I moved in <laughs> to the prayer room. And what the Lord showed me was um, the betrothal. That the bride is betrothed. And what he t had me look up was the meaning of betrothal. It's different than engagement, and it's not the full wedding. And he showed me the Jewish word kiddushin, kiddushin. And it means sanctification. Hallelujah. It's different than the neosin, which is the actual full marriage, which is elevation. So church, I want to tell you that God's been betrothing his bride. Mm -hmm. And he's been making us ready here at Jubilee for sanctification as pastor's been walking us through mm. the preparation in Pentecost and getting sanctified. It's part of the bride being ready. And we're saying, come, Lord, come. And he's saying, yes, I'm coming. I'm coming to bring elevation as mm. you're getting sanctification. And so that was just beautiful to me. But so I'm going to pray it out. That's yep. So Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your sure word over the children in the children's ministry, mm -hmm. that you're watching over every word to perform it, that there is truly salvation springing up from the infancy level all the way through. We bless you and say, as it is in heaven, so it is here on earth over every child. Continue to bless every worker and the time that they consecrate and the volunteers and the many more that are coming, children and servants in Jesus' name. And Lord, thank you for the sweet spot at your altar, the place, Lord God, where you come to pour out 
where you pour your oil by Holy Spirit, Lord God, where you give us the grace to humble ourselves before you and lay all in repentance and humility and surrender and submission. And we open our hands up, Lord God, to receive of Holy Spirit so that our eyes can see and our ears can hear, Lord God, so that we can see what you're doing and hear what you're saying, Lord God. Even if it was sung during the worship, Lord, do you hear? Do you hear it? Yes, Lord, we're listening and we hear. And then, Lord, we raise our hands to say glory to the King of Kings and holy, holy, holy is he. Lord, thank you for that. Thank you for that privilege of position in you, sealed by the promise of the Holy Spirit, Lord God. And Lord, thank you for this, this contract, Lord God, this marriage contract of betrothal, Lord God, this work of sanctification by Holy Spirit that you're doing, preparing us for elevation, Lord God, all for your glory, Lord Jesus. We bless you in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Praise the Lord. Anyone else? We have room for time for another one. Norco, Allie, Allie. Yeah, so I spent um, a good chunk of time kind of up here at the altar because I just felt like you know, when you're praying and then you're like, I, there's something here to, that the Lord's doing. And I was just um, feeling like there was something on intimacy during this season that, um, you know, that if we've had a hard time feeling like I, I don't know how to connect with the Lord or I, I don't know, so much has happened. I don't, I don't, what does intimacy look like in this season? I just felt like the Lord was like, it's a, there's something about it's a new day. And there's an intimacy available that um, like our hearts have longed for, but we might not have had the fullness of revelation of like, how do I, how do I get that close to you, God? Or how do I like lay my head against your chest in the spirit and like hear your heartbeat and hear your voice talk to me and see you face to face? And I just felt like there was, um, th- that was available right now. So Father God, I just, we, we agree with heaven, God, that there is such a beautiful um, intimacy, like a just this outpouring of intimacy right now, God, and we receive it. And Father, we just let go of whatever felt hard in the last season or mm-hmm. whatever felt like, oh, I failed at that or whatever. We let it go, Father, and it's a new day today, and we just, we just extend our hands and just receive a new, um, just like a new invitation to sit at your table and eat and feast on you and be close to you and lay our head against your chest, God. And that longing of our heart, you're fulfilling. That longing of our heart to know you, to really, really know you. God, I feel like you're pouring that out right now. And so I just pray a blessing over our secret place in the mm-hmm. name of Jesus, be blessed. We bless you. And I thank you, Father, that your hand is, is doing it and we just get to eat the food that you've prepared for us, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, 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 amen. I wanna amen that and kinda give us a little idea of something we could individually practice 
and as we meet in our groups even pray over and share you know we share our scriptures we're going through we are share prayer requests we're carrying we we make it a point where we're a community that's walking together in faith hope and love but what i i saw was you know they used to talk about at home there was the family altar and a family an altar at home can be any place we go to to pray it could be the chair you go and kneel at or sit at the bed that you bow your head over it could be the back, you know, it was just a place. And all it is is that one time you met the Lord there and you went back and met him again and then you met him again. And you've met him enough times that if you think to yourself, I've got to go meet the Lord and you're at your house, you go there. Just, you know what I mean? I felt like the Lord would say, if we'll go to our altars at home and begin to say, Lord, we want you to renew your altar at my home and the altar in your church and awaken that place of exchange so we can exchange the past season to the new season so we can step out of uh, the conflicts that we've been carrying into the intimacy and it'll go right with this this message that God gave me supernaturally yesterday morning about being in the spirit versus being kept inside the flesh and its captivity but I would love for you to pray that. I'd love for you to, basically what I'm going to do is I'm going to find a few times, because I have multiple places from in my home and around my home I go to pray. But in my home I have one place that I always like to go. And I'm going to go there a number of times. And I'm just going to say, Lord, I'm not just renewing this altar, but I want you to renew all the altars of your people. I want you to renew all of that point of exchange and honesty and prayer. And please... Do it now because this is all the kind of things that Jesus was working with his apostles before Pentecost came. So that when he came with the power to witness him, they were already prepared with the message and they were reconciled fully back into Jesus. And it was just now the fullness of spirit and the proclamation of who Jesus has been given, his place of high exaltedness next to the Father and Savior, King, and so forth. So consider that in your small groups. Bring anything that you're carrying. We can break up in three or four people, uh, and then we'll do that for 10 minutes, then we'll close the service, and I'll meet with those online, okay? So can we go ahead and just introduce yourself to somebody. Just turn around a few chairs, two to three people, and then um, we'll, we'll just have a moment to pray. Okay. All right, so here's what I want to share with you because I know you're, you're listening and I know you'll practice what I've discovered. I was in prayer and what God began to bring me to, starting with Acts chapter 1, was the power that God was bringing to the church in the Holy Spirit and the means in which the Holy Spirit would help move a message into fruition or people into connection. And it was really was very strong. I'll just speak each one of them and release that to, to us. First off, he's through the Holy Spirit giving commands. He's through the Holy Spirit making himself known, appearing to his apostles, revealing that he is alive. He is through the Holy Spirit speaking to them of the kingdom of God. And in those incidences, he is now then saying, I've got a, the promise of the Holy Spirit that you've heard from me is coming not many days from now. 
So there was an anticipation. So I want to release right now to everyone an expectancy. You may be like I am. You're all, you've been in this for many years, but you know there's more and you don't know how to get from where you are, but you know that you, God wants to bring more. I just say, release, be expectant. Be expectant. Be expectant the rest of this week. Be expectant Sunday morning when we gather together. The next is chapter 2. All of a sudden, the day of Pentecost has fully come. They're all in one place. They've all become one accord, which means they've surrendered their objectives, their opinions, and they're in one passion for the Lord to come and do whatever he meant when he said what he said. And so then the Spirit comes mightily with the sound of a rushing mighty wind and fills the place. Tongues are everywhere, but they land on every head, enter every person, and hilarity, joy, praise, thanksgiving breaks forth. Such a, such a spectacle that it brings Jerusalem to the upper room. Then the 3,000 come in, not because of the spectacle, but because of the message of the resurrected Jesus Christ. So expect the Holy Spirit, and I bless you to receive Holy Spirit coming to us, to you, with hilarity, with the baptism, with tongues. If you haven't spoken in tongues, do so. Activate your, tongue, your spiritual language. Uh, hilarity, clarity, prophecy, visions, and then the message of Jesus to become front and center. He, he is the Christ. He has been raised from the dead. He is made Lord in Christ. He has received the Holy Spirit promise. Then we're in chapter 3. Peter and John are in the way to the hour of prayer. And uh, they meet the man who's been lame from birth. And Peter looks at him and says, look at us. And they, he looking, the blind, the, the lame man, expecting to receive something. So he says, well, I don't have what you are thinking, silver or gold. But what I do have, I give you. And then he says, in the name of Jesus, arise and walk. And he grabs his hand, pulls him up, and immediately the power of God makes the man whole in the name of Jesus. The faith of the name of Jesus, but the power of the name of Jesus being demonstrated in that man. Chapter 4, they've been arrested. Now they're being told, don't speak this name. And they're saying, we have to do whatever God says. We can't obey man, we have to obey God. They go back to, their, to the gathering of the believers and they explain what they've been told. They've been threatened, they've been commanded, never speak the name of Jesus. So they pray Psalm 2. And they say, Lord, Father, give us greater boldness. Give us boldness that by stretching forth your hand to heal, signs and wonders be done in the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled was shaken. Again, same place, shaken. And they be all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak the word of God with boldness. So then he takes me on uh, to chapter 6, where, um, well, actually chapter 5, you now have Peter walking about with a shadow which is the overshadowing it's not the shadow cast by the sun against his body to the side to the to the ground but it's the overshadowing of the glory that he he had experienced when the, the bright cloud of glory came to on the mount of transfiguration and he's carrying that overshadowing and people within the space of that overshadowing the width of a shadow the, the, about that casting boom they're being healed and they're being delivered. And so something magnificent is happening. Again, more listening, more hearing. They're arrested one more time. They're beaten one more time. But they won't stop preaching Jesus. 
So all the way, we're going on and on and on. It's just uh, there's more miracles. There's more demonstration. So I want to release all of those. Lord, we're people. Some of us have known you for decades and some for just a few days. But we want to be in the next wave. We want to be in this next full expression of your demonstration of the Holy Spirit and power so that the, we can have boldness to proclaim the word of God concerning your son. In Jesus' name. We want it, the boldness that overwhelms our adversity, that rises above the threats of life, that has uh, uh, the ability to proclaim Jesus' resurrection with great power. We want to be able to uh, not be intimidated to back away from the name of Jesus, even when the name of Jesus seems to be putting us in a perilous place. We say, no, Jesus is salvation. Jesus is healing. Jesus is deliverance. And so we say his name. And Lord, we are looking for this increase. Today is a new day, and we're in a new year, a new place in the history of the world, the closing of the age, you may say. So would you anoint us with the fresh new baptism, the fresh new baptism like the first baptism? Went on in Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 8, after this, the persecution begins, there's Philip bringing a whole region of Samaria to the gospel, and they're being overwhelmed because of the miracles and the signs and wonders that are being done. In Acts chapter 9, Peter is traveling from uh, Samaria where he had brought the baptism of the Holy Spirit and now he's traveling in the churches and he speaks to a man who's been paralyzed and he says arise Jesus of Nazareth heals you and that miracle not only brings that man from uh, being paralyzed but it spreads the fame of Jesus so that in, in a city not too far away Joppa by the sea a woman who's a, a believer and a, and a, and a, and a godly woman dies so they hear Peter being by nearby and they go and send for him so he goes into where the woman has been laid in at rest and before burial and he prays over her by praying to the Lord turning to the body and saying arise and she's alive and now not too far away just up the coast is a, a, the Roman capital of the region Caesarea and there is a centurion who's a devout man. He's a God seeker. He doesn't know God in the fullness, but he's a God seeker and he's, a, he's got alms giving and he's got a good heart. And God chooses him to be uh, become the recipient of the salvation and the Holy Spirit that God had given to the world. But so far only the, the nation of Israel and the Jews were, were conceived and believed that they could be, could enter in. So, the series of visions and encounters with Peter and Joppa and Cornelius with an angel in Caesarea and sending uh, men to get Peter and Peter going with six other men back to Cornelius' house. And now he's telling the story and he's perceiving, he's getting it. I see it. Jesus is the peace that God gave for the whole world. And whoever will believe in him will receive the remission of sins. He says that. Nobody prays a prayer. They just hear, they believe. Holy Spirit comes like a mighty rushing wind again. Fire falls. Tongues are speaking. And the whole six 
Jewish believers plus Peter are amazed at what's happened in there. Peter's having to say, I don't know what else we can do, but we've got to baptize them because God's given them the same gift he gave us. By the time he gets back to Jerusalem, he's in trouble because he's broken through a barrier that he didn't try to break through, but he found himself on the other side, and others are thinking he's gone to the, circum the uncircumcised, and he's kind of violating the holy holiness of who they're to be. And so he has to just tell the story. This is what happened. As soon as I began to speak, the, the Holy Spirit fell on them like he did to us upon us in the beginning. And so when they heard the story, they had to say, well, God is granting repentance to life to all the nations. This is huge. But where are we bound? Where are we blocked? Where can we not see salvation flowing? That's where Jesus is about to come by sending the Holy Spirit and the proclamation of Christ. So, Father, my last, my last blessing. These are my prayers. These are my prayers. I'm not there. But I know when he comes for what he's coming to do, it will be like as it was at first. It will always be at the level of the first Pentecost. And it will be radically different to us because we're not there. But once it comes, it will be, again, the same Holy Spirit, the same message of Jesus, but just in a new context. So, Lord God, you alone know what you're wanting to do and have ordained to be done and accomplished in your son, Jesus. You're the only one that has the full spectrum, the sovereign Lord. Jesus, you are the one who's been given the gift of the Spirit, and only you can pour him out, and the Spirit announces what is yours, and he demonstrates what is yours, and he com comes to bring about a new paradigm. I'm longing for that. I am longing for that. I know so many of us are longing for that. So, I, Lord, I give away what I'm longing for. Lord, let the new paradigm that we have need of or the new paradigms that we have no knowledge of come, come, come. Build our altars as we pray. As we spend those days, time in our altar, we say it's not just for our personal connection. We may have built a very rich place, but we're going to intercede at our altar for all altars to come back on fire. The ones that have fallen in disuse in homes and in, our, in the body and in the church. We're asking for a fresh fire on the altar. In Jesus' name, amen.